Wise speech. Wise speech is based on the intention to do no harm. We've all viewed speech in a manner that may create harm. Lying to keep others from knowing what's really going on, gossiping with the intention of putting someone down, or satisfying our desire to be recognized, stealing time and attention by chattering on and on, or trying to convince others to meet our own needs at the expense of their own. Why speech includes all the ways we use our voices, including in writing and online. The most basic foundation of wise speech is honesty or truthfulness. Dishonesty is not just outright lies. It can also take the form of exaggeration, minimizing or omitting, all with the intention of presenting a false picture or distorting what something actually is. It can take the form of white lies to avoid embarrassment or exposure, half-truths to keep from being caught, or seemingly harmless things said at the expense of others. We may say more than we really know to be true in the hopes of appearing smarter or more confident in our position or feeling. Sometimes we say something before we know the truth. Dishonesty has to do with our intention in speech. Are we motivated by greed, fear, or confusion? Or are we motivated by a sincere desire to express what's true, what's useful, what's kind, and what's timely. Why speech means we speak with the intention of not causing harm and of fostering safety and security in our community. In active addiction, we develop the habit of dishonesty. We lie to cover up or mislead others about the nature and extent of our using and behavior. We lie so we can satisfy the craving our fixation feeds by hiding our actions, our feelings, or the amount of money and effort we put into satisfying our craving. Many of us lie just for the sake of lying, because the truth represents a reality we can't tolerate. We get trapped by our secrets, and for many of us, having a double life becomes an addiction all its own. This is why honesty is foundational to recovery. Dishonesty is one of the habits that allow our addictive behaviors to flourish. As a result, Recovery needs to start with an honest appraisal of exactly what lies we told and what dishonesty we spread during our addictive behavior. The Buddha provided some guidelines for wise speech in addition to truthfulness. He said to avoid slander and gossip, recognizing that such unwise speech causes conflict and makes the community less safe. So when we talk about others, we can ask ourselves, what's our intention? Is it to cause division or exclusion? Is it to cause shame or embarrassment in someone else? Or to somehow make ourselves look better at somebody else's expense? Is it possible to talk about other people with the intention of kindness, generosity, and compassion, to seek understanding or support for another? Gossip and slander don't do this and instead cause harm. Similarly, idle chatter and saying things just to be heard or recognized or to take up time when we're uncomfortable can lead people to dismiss or ignore us and may create impatience and intolerance in a community. Why speech also involves the tone we use when we talk. If we express ourselves in harsh, angry, or abusive ways, 
We may not be heard, even if we're being truthful. Speaking gently with the intention of kindness fosters a community of friendliness and safety. It may sound like wise speech is primarily about discerning when not to speak, but this isn't always the case. Many of us grew up in families where it wasn't safe to talk openly about our thoughts and feelings. Some, because of certain experiences or cultural conditioning, have been taught that we don't have permission to use our voices. For many of us, practicing wise speech may mean learning how to use our voices that have been silenced, how to wisely communicate the needs and boundaries we've gotten used to keeping hidden. Many of us, in an effort to be liked or for fear of rocking the boat, have favored being nice over being honest and true to ourselves. But wise speech teaches us that speaking up, even when it's hard, is sometimes the wise choice, and that speech is never truly kind if we cause harm to ourselves. A final part of wise speech is careful listening. We must listen with compassion, understanding, and receptivity. It can be really helpful to observe how much of the time we spend listening to someone else is actually spent judging them or planning what we're going to say in response. Deep listening, without selfishness or an agenda, is an act of generosity that lets us build true connection. Questions for Inquiry of Wise Speech Have you caused harm with your speech? How? Have you been dishonest or harsh in your communication? When and in what specific ways? Do you use speech now to hurt or control people, to present a false idea or image of yourself or of reality, to demand attention, or to relieve the discomfort of silence? Detail specific instances in which you use speech to mislead, misdirect, or distract. Are you careful to avoid causing harm with your speech? Do you say things you know are not true, or pretend to know the truth about something when you don't, to appear more knowledgeable or credible than you are? List some examples. Wise Action Wise action is also based on the intention to do no harm and to foster compassion, loving-kindness, generosity, and forgiveness. We try to do what's skillful and avoid actions that are unskillful. Wise action asks that we try to make choices based on understanding and not unthinking habits or ignorance. The Buddha suggested that we make a commitment to avoid five specific actions that cause harm, a commitment which is known as the five precepts. We commit to the five precepts as our basic ethical system, one. We set the intention to avoid taking the life of another living being or from causing harm to ourselves or another living being. Two, we set the intention to avoid taking what is not freely given or stealing. Three, we set the intention to avoid causing harm through our sexual conduct and to be aware of the consequences and impact of our sexual activity and desire. Four, we set the intention of being honest, of not lying, and of not using speech in a harmful way.
5. We set the intention to avoid the use of intoxicants and intoxicating behavior that cloud our awareness. We need to continually reflect on and question the intentions behind our actions. We may have moments of clarity, but these can quickly pass when old habits or thinking resurfaces. We commit to constantly reminding ourselves of our intention to wise action, to act in ways that are non-harming. Questions for Inquiry of Wise Action Have you acted in a way that was unskillful or that created suffering? How? During those times you were unskillful or created suffering, how would it have changed the outcome if you had acted out of compassion, kindness, generosity, and forgiveness? Would you now have a different emotional or mental response to your past actions if you had acted with these principles in mind? First Precept Have you caused harm? How? Allow for a broad understanding of harm, including physical, emotional, mental, and karmic harm, as well as financial, legal, moral, or other forms of harm. Even if you can't point to specific harms that you have caused, have you acted in a way that purposely avoided being aware of the possibility of harm? Second Precept People take in many ways. We take goods or material possessions. We take time and energy. We take care and recognition. With this broad understanding of taking, have you taken what has not been freely given? How? What are specific examples or patterns where this has been true for you? Third precept. Have you behaved irresponsibly, selfishly, or without full consent and awareness from yourself or partners in your sexual conduct? How? Reviewing your sexual partners or activities, have you been fully aware in each instance of other existing relationships, prior or current mental or emotional conditions of yourself and your partner or partners, and your own intentions in becoming sexually involved? How or how not? Has your sexual activity both by yourself and with others, been based on non-harmful intentions? Have you entered into each sexual activity with awareness and understanding? How or how not? Fourth precept. Have you been dishonest? How? What patterns did your dishonesty take? Did you act or speak dishonestly to deny or misrepresent the truth about your own behavior or status? Were there particular situations in which your dishonesty was particularly present, for instance, when dealing with your addictive behaviors, in job or professional settings, among friends, with family? Investigate the source of the dishonesty in each setting. Was it based on greed, confusion, fear, denial? Why were you lying? Fifth Precept have you used intoxicants or other behaviors that cloud your ability to see clearly? What substances and behaviors have you become reliant on to change or cloud your awareness? Has this changed over time? Or, if you have periods of abstinence, were your habitual intoxicants or behaviors replaced by other ways to avoid awareness of your present circumstances and conditions? How? 
List ways you might practice the five precepts, compassion, loving-kindness, and generosity in your decision-making. Wise Livelihood The final factor in the ethical group is wise livelihood, which focuses on how we support ourselves and the world. Again, the intent is to avoid causing harm. For most of us, our work occupies so much of our time and attention, so how we choose to make a living takes on special importance. Understanding the principle of karma and knowing that unwholesome activity gives rise to unwholesome karma, whatever choices or circumstances lead us to a particular job need to be recognized as having karmic consequences. We try to avoid jobs that give rise to suffering and seek work that does no harm or reduces suffering. The Buddha mentions five kinds of livelihood to avoid. Trading in weapons or instruments of killing. Trafficking in or selling human beings. Killing of other beings. Making or selling addictive drugs. Or business and poison. We're encouraged to avoid occupations based on dishonesty or injury. Whatever our job is, we can practice it mindfully with an intention of non-harm, of easing suffering, and of compassion. This means developing an attitude toward our occupation beyond just the money we make. We can develop an approach of service and caring about the effects of our actions on others both within and outside our workspaces. Wise livelihood is not about judging ourselves or others for their choice of work or trying to limit their choices. Instead, we try to understand why and how we engage in whatever occupation we practice. Whatever work we do, we can maintain an intention of benefiting others. Questions for Inquiry of Wise Livelihood Does your job cause harm? What is the specific nature of that harm? How can you do your job more mindfully and with an intention of compassion and non-harm? Do you bring an understanding of karma and kindness to your job, or do you compartmentalize it and exclude it from awareness of wise action? What part does greed play in the choices you make in your livelihood? Does greed get in the way of awareness or compassion? How can you be of more service in your community? How might you bring a spirit of generosity to your life, both in your profession and outside it?